Hey there! Are you a crime scene investigator, law enforcement officer, or forensic scientist looking for a Facebook community that understands you? Check out Taction USA's forensic product groups. You'll find blogs, articles, information, and community. For those of us in the investigative field, there are not many lines of support out there, but Taction USA is a company that was founded by law enforcement for law enforcement. Subscribe today to get access to exclusive content. Just look for Taction USA in Facebook groups. again to your favorite true crime podcast crossing the tape with me one of your hosts brendan and my co-host and lovely wife hillary now today we're bringing you part two of a story of deceit and canoes Mm -hmm. but first sign the crime scene log and let's recap last episode now, we know that there's a fella named John Darwin, mm-hmm. his wife, Anne. They have two now adult children. He's tried a few different schemes after retiring as a teacher. Currently works as a officer at a prison. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really kicking up the cash that he wants to build up. So they start dealing in a little bit of real estate. And that becomes a lot of bit of real estate. Yeah. As they end up with 12 properties and debt. To match. Yes. So about 64000 in debt, John decides one night to go for a paddle on his prized canoe, heads out on the water. He's seen by a neighbor on his way out there, but he's never seen or heard from again, at least not for five years. Mm-hmm. Nothing was found. He was eventually declared dead. Yeah, there's just pieces of his canoe floating around. That's yes. about it. Declared dead. His wife is able to use the now-obtained death certificate mm-hmm. to on a $250,000 life insurance policy, and she decides it's time to retire in Panama and move on from this tragedy, and that is until December 2007, when John Darwin walks into a London police station to declare, I am the missing person John Darwin, and I don't remember anything. Don't ask me any questions, please. I have amnesia. I swear I don't remember. Promise. And that brings us to part two, the return of John Darwin. Yes. Take it away. So as we mentioned, in December of 2007, John went into the West End Central Police Station located in London. He told police... He could not recall his life within the last five years, and when Anne, his wife, was told he had returned, she was expressive and acted very surprised and happy at his return. Or wouldn't anyone be? True. The police, however, figured that something was not right, and kind of deduced at some point that this may be a scam. (laughs) Seems very suspicious. He just left. The wife obtained all this money. And all of a sudden, he's back and doesn't know anything. And I don't know nothing. That's very convenient. So, they were onto his scam, and at least they figured out he was not dead at this point, so him showing up was no surprise. But Anne was a great actress, and went along with the whole scheme. 
However, her acting skills were not quite good enough. And while her husband had been presumed dead, the police were tracking their activity. She had taken many foreign trips, put their home up for sale, and had moved abroad and moved money around. You know, that was another red flag. I think they were... I think in the in the initial part, they thought it was a little bit suspicious. Yes. So they started kind of paying attention to her mm-hmm. and what she was doing. Um, the police had begun their investigation three months after John's disappearance because someone Anne worked with gave authorities a lead. And that lead was regarding an insurance claim that Anne was trying to obtain. So that initial... I don't know which insurance claim, because we'll get into it later. There were many. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, that particular one threw up a red flag. And, you know, they, the person who thought it was strange took it to the police, and that's kind of what instigated them looking into things. Yeah, they thought it was odd enough. <laughs> you know what? Mm-hmm. This grieving widow, yeah. I don't trust it. I'm going to the cops. So it must have been pretty suspicious. Right. So, um, John, like we mentioned before, Anne had decided to move to Panama. And ironically, John had been living in Panama. (gasps) And there was... But before that, he was actually... Remember all those bedsits they owned? The whole dozen. John was actually living in one of the couple's rental properties, so he was not dead. (laughs) 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 And Anne knew about it. And he was living in one of their rental properties and just to make his disguise, you know, disguise himself just enough, Mm -hmm. he grew a beard and began walking with a limp. Very convincing. However, such a feeble disguise as it was, a neighbor recognized him, but decided never to say anything about, to (laughs) anyone about knowing he was alive. I think they probably just didn't want anything to do with the situation. Yeah. But they kind of... Which is fantastic. They even confronted him and said, hey, aren't you dead? And he went... Don't tell anyone. They went, eh, okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> so about after that is when he moved to Panama with Anne. The neighbor treated it like he caught a friend of his, you know, having a date with someone that wasn't their spouse. Right. All right, I don't want any part of this. I didn't see nothing. Right. Yeah, but it's a dead guy who's walking around. Right. I don't know. Maybe the neighbor had suspicions, too. Yeah. You know. Or he figured he would be the next to disappear right? and reappear. Yeah. So, it was about that time that he thought, you know, this limp and this beard really aren't doing it. So, he moved to Panama with Anne. And during that time, they lived there for a little while, and he figured out that there was a change in the country's visa laws. Mm -hmm. And this forced him to email his wife, Anne, because it kind of got convoluted in that regard, that they were together sometimes and they weren't together sometimes through this whole scheme. Yeah, once, well, first he trickily obtained a passport. Yeah. Under well, false pretenses, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get to that. And was able to leave the country, and mm-hmm. he was hiding out in Panama, and then once she got the insurance money, that's right. she was able she to retire there and just yeah. happened to run into right. the guy who's insurance money she just collected on. So he emailed his wife Anne in June of 2007 to tell her their identities would have to be verified. So this was done by UK police and it was important they did this so that they could get Panama 
How do, <laughs> Panamanian. Panamanian. <laughs> it's hard to say. Visas to continue <laughs> living in the country. <laughs> and at this point, John Darwin was going by the name of John Jones, which I'll tell you about. And he knew that this wouldn't pass the verification. So he made the decision to return to the UK and report that he had amnesia and didn't remember anything, which, of course, was not true. Yeah, it's interesting, the Panamanian visa, because they wanted to actually purchase property there. Yes, they were still on their property. They were just visiting. Yeah. Yeah, they decided the first 12 weren't the ticket. We'll go international by Panamanian property. But to do that, like you said, you have to get a particular kind of visa right and it had to be verified to make sure they know you're you yeah you actually have to get a letter of good standing Mm -hmm. from your local law enforcement Mm -hmm. to say well they're not felons and you should be happy to have them in your country well so while they were in panama to their misfortune but to the fortune of the police a photo was taken in 2006 of the couple and was later revealed Somebody in the public that had heard about the story and heard, you know, he died, he's back, you know, and all this, those kind of, you know, the sketchy bits. Someone in the public Googled their names after everything hit newspapers and said, you know, he's back. The image came up on Google Images and Anne confirmed that she, that it was she and John. And at that time, um... They were already on to him, so they went ahead and arrested him at his son's home. And they continued to investigate, and police found that his alias, his false passport we mentioned, was under John Jones, and he had stolen that identity from a deceased baby who had died in 1950. Which is a little extra gross. Yeah. like See, he's He wanted an identity with the name John, right. so he wouldn't have to learn to respond to a new name. And roughly the same age, so he went to a cemetery, mm-hmm. found something that matched, and somehow was able to get a copy of a birth certificate from the registrar's office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like easily obtained a passport. Yeah. So this guy had no scruples. He, you know, and this whole time, and we'll get mm-hmm. into it more, but his wife knows. Mm-hmm. His wife knows, the sons don't, and that stinks oh. for the son who was going to propose to his girlfriend, and everything was cut short. He had to rush home because dad's missing. Mm-hmm. What happened? And when he first came back, the couple's sons were so excited to learn that, wow, he's alive, and, you know, he's well. He Incredible. can't remember things, but it's, it's a miracle. Our family's whole again. Only to find out that their parents had lied to them all of those years. And they had even issued a statement at one time to the press stating that they were victims just as much as everyone else who was part of his schemes. And eventually they did cut off any relation to their parents, which I would too. Yes. So, during the time that he was gone... Yeah, before his Panama. Before his Panama. It was rumored that... He had an affair with a woman in Kansas. And while he met her, while he was living in the rental home, that's when he played all the online games. He and he was the time hiding out, being dead. Right. And <laughs> playing he, online games. You know, and I, he, we kept, we both saw, you know, articles about he would flirt and like tell people he was a widow and oh. he was, he was really gross. But, you know, he would meet these women through their these online games. 
And though this particular relationship was never like truly confirmed that it was anything other than a business relationship we'll kind of get into, you know, they didn't, I don't think they ever did anything. No, it sounds like but, it never got romantic. No, but he attempted to conduct another con by encouraging a woman he met to buy an equestrian business. And he gave her $50,000 and said, if you open this, then you can run it and we'll split the profits because it's going to be great like all my other business deals that aren't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one, I swear. This is the one. This isn't the gnomes again. We're going to make some real money. But when it was all said and done, she made off with the money and the business and he didn't get any piece of it. He basically gave that woman $50,000. And, you know, I kept reading things that, well, he was so careful except for this one time. I really don't think so. He wasn't that careful. He he did get lucky. Like, he got the passport without much trouble. Right. But he's just kind of, he seems like a bumbling He's kind of bumbling around like he's Mr. Magoo of frauds. I don't know. Debt starts (laughs) stacking up. Well, let's go to the bank. We'll get another Mm -hmm. loan and we'll buy two more. Right. Dude, it's not working. Right. So this woman, when she gave, when he gave her the $50,000, put all of the money into a joint account that she shared with her husband. That should have been a red flag to him, given mm-hmm. they were business partners, quote unquote. So John actually flew to Kansas. And I don't know. It, again, it was never really confirmed, but everything I read mentioned they were kind of trying to have a romance. But mm-hmm. I kind of think on her end, she just... Went with it because hey, he gave me fifty thousand yeah, dollars. He gave her the fifty grand so she could make the right. the land purchase in her name because right. he didn't he have all his papers yeah. in order. So he flew out there, and they both realized that they weren't attracted to each other, and their photos were not like they had. They did not look <laughs> like their photograph. <laughs> they were both misled, right? But the woman ended up keeping the farm, and as I said, didn't give him any of his money back. And all this to say that Anne found out about it all. She found out about the big purchase. He told her, yeah, which I thought was... 50 grand gone. Which I thought, like, what? I mean, you know, she she was furious about it. And then she found out about the woman. Mm-hmm. And the woman in Kansas, her name was Kelly. In one statement, she described him as creepy. <laughs> so, so with... Their situation, he told her, well, the this our business arrangement is not going the way that I wanted, so uh, I need you to give me my money back. Mm-hmm. And she refused. Right. Which isn't the right thing to do. No. But it's hilarious because yeah. everything he's doing is based in fraud, so he doesn't yeah. really have a leg to stand on. No. He can't take her to civil court under a bogus no. name and try to get it. No. So he resorted She probably to, realized that, too. Yeah, she probably knew he was a fraud and said, mm-hmm. I bet nothing happens if I just keep this 50G. Right. Uh, he resorted to sending her threatening letters insisting that he knows people in the New York mob <laughs> and they have pictures of her and her daughter and some things are going to happen if you don't send my money back. I don't think she believed him. And she didn't send the money back and nothing happened. Right. So good for her. Yeah. It worked out. She made 50 G's fleecing this clown. Right. So all that to say, through the time he was missing, he was constantly trying to cheat on his wife. And he did end up cheating on her. And uh, one of them, he, you know, he 
kind of conned his way into visiting somebody in New York. and Oh, that's where he met the mobsters. <laughs> probably is what he thought. But uh, Anne had enough, finally, when she found out that John was trying to sleep with other women and that he was telling them that she was dead. So not only was he cheating on her, but he was saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm a poor, lonely, you know, widower. In truth, he's the one that's dead. Right. (laughs) But he's saying that she's dead and she just had had enough of that. So she caught him cheating. He confessed to having an affair also when earlier when they were married, as we mentioned in the first episode with their son's boss. Yeah. So he already had. The cheating history. He had a cheating bug from the beginning. Um, and while in hiding, he, you know, he was known to flirt and everything. And I mentioned he already, he flew to New York to meet one of the women. Um, and when that didn't work out, he started just communicating with several women. Online, and I'm sure. Online. And his whole pre, his whole premise for everything was just begging them for sex. So, his wife divorced him, as she should. Yeah. Once this whole thing kind of fell apart. Yeah. She just decided, this is enough. Yeah. So, before we get into more of the actual fraud and some numbers, we will listen to a message from our friends from the National Investigative Training Academy. If you are looking for a career change or to expand your knowledge in an already established one, look no further than the National Investigative Training Academy. The National Investigative Training Academy, or NIDA, N-I-T-A, has well over 100 courses with 70 professional development ones alone. NIDA is constantly adding to their course catalog, and courses are focused on private investigation and security fields. Whether you would like to become a private investigator or you need continuing education for your investigative or security career, the National Investigative Training Academy is for you. All courses offered are 100% online and do at your own pace. Once completed, you will receive a certificate in that course. Sign up today at investigativeacademy.com. Make sure when you sign up for your courses, you mention we sent you there. We encourage you to get the best investigative and security training possible today. When you sign up, mention our brand ambassador code BA2367. That's BA2367. And you can find those courses at investigativeacademy.com. Look for links in our show notes as well. In 2007, John was charged with insurance fraud and illegally obtaining a passport. And Anne was arrested as well in the Manchester airport and detained. She later faced two charges, which were obtaining 25,000 pounds and 137,000 pounds deceptively. In American money... That is around $31,715 and $173,798. So over two hundred grand Illegally obtained. So later in mid-December, they were both charged with obtaining funds deceptively. And in January of 2008, the couple were taken back to Harderpool Magistrate Court for additional charges. John was looking at additional charges for the money they received, and he had also a few separate charges for the obtaining the passport wrongfully. Both John and Anne were charged with obtaining funds from another scheme involving teacher his teacher pension and from the Department for Work and Pensions. These amounts 
were 25,186 pounds and 58,845 pounds, as well as another 4,200 pounds total. They were held in custody until their next court appearance, January 18th. Right, because she was able to collect on his pensions as the mm-hmm. beneficiary. So, yeah, so they <laughs> were defrauding that way also. Ugh. So after a few more court dates, on March 13th, John admitted to seven charges of illegally obtaining cash, and he admitted to his passport crime. He did deny still nine other charges regarding the use of criminal property, and though he denied them, they were still kept on file. And I had read something that he wanted them, his lawyer wanted them expunged. Right. But they were like, no, we're going to we're gonna keep those even if you're not charged. Yeah. It, so that was kind of like a, a plea that he yeah. took, that he admitted to a couple things. Yeah. And wasn't convicted or formally charged, but court but records will still it show, will still show those that, other nine things were part of the case. Right. So Anne denied six charges of deception and nine of using criminal property. So Mm. the difference we'll point out now, which you'll find out later based on sentencing, is that John was like knew the jig was up and just said, you know what, I did it. Doesn't make anything he did right, but at least he admitted it. Some of it. (laughs) Some of it. But Anne, she kept fighting and saying she didn't know and she went into... You know, she maintained she did nothing wrong. Right. And we'll go into a little bit of what her defense was. Mm-hmm. But I did read one thing that any time she spoke, none of the police wanted to have anything to do with her because she was just a habitual liar. Yeah. I could tell it was all just cover up and she's right. trying to CYA. Yeah. So sentencing finally arrived in July of 2008. They were both convicted of fraud. John was sentenced to six years and three months in prison. He was convicted of obtaining and using the illegal passport also. Anne was sentenced to six years and six months. Both attempted to appeal the charges, but they were denied, and all funds they they obtained were taken. John was released on probationary terms January of 2011, and Anne was released March of that same year. And, like I pointed out when I was doing the research, I thought, well, why was he released before her? He was the mastermind behind it all. And... It's a little unclear, but as I mentioned, police stated that she was a compulsive liar. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes me think, based on whatever integrity they have left, that authorities thought, well, he has a little bit more of the good behavior, yeah, I guess. He at least but, said, yeah, I never should have done any of this. Right, and she just kept denying it. And you had read some research that she was stating that, you know... Her defense was... A very seldom used marital coercion. Yeah. I was so in love and obedient to my husband and subservient that I would have done anything, he said, even if it was commit insurance fraud. Therefore, her actions weren't really her own. Which seems kind of lame, you know. When you're someone who comes off as a tremendous liar, that's going to be hard to say in front of a jury. (laughs) Right. And they didn't buy it. Right. So in 2012, it was announced that all of the funds given to the couple for life insurance were recovered, Mm. and they were able to pay this off by selling properties in Panama. And by April of 2014, John had paid back only 121 pounds when he still owed 679,073 
pounds. <laughs> they no longer had any more assets by 2015. What a surprise. So all 12 bedsits are gone. Right. And they paid 541,762 pounds total. And this amounts to $687,000 in U.S. money. Yes. So a little bit after he was released, and only two years, he from being released, he violated his parole again <laughs> by taking, you know, I guess not again, but, you know, he again, he's back at it. He didn't learn. No. By taking an unauthorized trip to the Ukraine. And his purpose in going was to meet a woman who was looking for a rich husband. Because he was not a rich husband. But he's a big liar. <laughs> and he came across her on a foreign bride site, and she was very upfront that she wanted a rich man, and that was about it. He said, oh, well, that's me. Mm-hmm. So when he met her, he bragged that he was highly sought after by other women, assuming, I would guess, that he was telling her all this because, you know, that would prompt her to, oh, well, he's sought after. I better keep this one. However, it was a big turnoff and she never saw him again. <laughs> and I'm not one to assault somebody's looks necessarily, but the picture of this guy, he just looks like a dude in his late 50s, early 60s. I know. And I don't know He just kind of looks like some guy with big eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, how is he highly sought after? And he has well, no money. He still I don't think he was sought after, dear. I think, I well, think I that was another fraud. <laughs> well, yeah. But, but I, mean, I know. On sight, she should have known like, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> some people you can see from a distance and know they're not quite sought after. Right. So in 2015, he married a woman named Mercy. That was her nickname. Mm-hmm who was 23 years younger than him. And together, they ran a booth at an indoor market. And that's in the Philippines, I Yes, believe, right? yeah. And so he's been, I guess, residing there is what I, everything mm-hmm. I read. And in 2016, it was reported that he was pretty much confined to his home due to allergies, and he could barely go outside. And what I also read was that their home was basically like the size of a room. And I would say it's probably best for a person like him, who's you know, so tricky and can mm-hmm. be harmful to other people, it's best for someone like that to be confined to home. Right. But he's just going to find someone playing an online game. I know. And make them buy another farm. It's right. It's a whole thing. I know. It makes me wonder, like, what's his next thing? Because he, he can't, he doesn't learn. He took 64,000 pounds in debt. And spiraled that into a few years of goofing off, and now it be, it ballooned into seven hundred thousand pounds mm-hmm. in prison. fines and repaid everything they had to pay back and right. lost everything. It's well, terrible, and it to me, I don't know. Like it, it kind of part of I think part of his personality is you know deceptive, obviously oh, manipulation. Yeah. Those tactics, but it also makes me think he's not very intelligent. No. Like he is, but he isn't. Like he's, he's got grand schemes, but they don't. He has, he has potential, but he doesn't apply himself. (laughs) And the fact that the whole, what unraveled this whole thing, I mean, I can't believe he was so dead set on, we need to own property in Panama. Right. That we, I have to go back to the UK and tell them. And tell them, I'm not dead. He could have just moved. Declare me undead. He could have just moved to somewhere else. Yeah, he could have just tried something else, or just put it all in Anne's name. Yeah. She's still alive, on by all accounts. Yeah. 
But he decided, well, I'm going to have to go back well, and then, get a letter of good standing from the government that says I'm no longer dead. Well, and then their photo together. Exactly. That's what unraveled the whole thing. They allowed someone to take their picture. It was on a, uh, it was a like real, a, real estate yeah. website. It was like, you know, visitpanama.com yeah. or something like that. Encouraging tourism and, right. you know, bringing in yeah. foreign people. And I w- watched a docudrama on this and... That was one of the main scenes was, you know, they built that up in the series because that was what unraveled it all. But yes, it was, you know, oh, you're the cute foreign couple that, you know, you can get other people like you to come to Panama. We want to have your testimonial on our website about how great our service is. Yeah. And the person that found it, it wasn't even the police. No. It was just just someone who Googled John and Panama. It's something we would do. Yeah, it's, it's something first, we would do. It's the first thing we would do. <laughs> yeah, you hear a news story, go, oh, I need to know more about this, and then there Throw it is. The Google. And, and that's where stealing the identity of another John came back mm-hmm. to bite him. Because if he was Dave, no one's looking for Dave and Anne. I and thought Panama. that was stupid, too. Well, like, you know, I guess it's using... good for you to know the name when someone calls it, but. John, I mean. If you introduce yourself to someone as John. Yeah, John Darwin, who died yeah, years ago. I know. That's what I thought. Nah, different John. Don't you see my beard and my limp? <laughs> but it I all didn't fell get him apart the same day. Someone... <laughs> <laughs> it all fell apart. <laughs> someone Googled his name yeah. in Panama. Uh, here they are last year. Right. Looking at properties. And now he's alive again? I feel the most sorry for the sons, though. It's terrible That's... what they did to them. I mean, the wife knew the whole time. Maybe they decided we're going to go through with this terrible scheme, but we'll, we got to keep the kids in the dark for their own benefit. I think that's exactly what the mindset was. But, but at the end of the day, they then shouldn't your have done sons, the scheme. No. <laughs> and then the, their two sons thought dad's been dead yeah. horribly and tragically, lost at sea. Lost at sea. Poor mom. She has no closure. For five years. Yeah. And they're doing their best to support their mother. One of them had to cancel his proposal, his mm-hmm. engagement. To rush, rush home and be with his family. And it was all just because, like, well, you know, we figured this way we could pay off the bed sits. When he was lost at sea, he was out there for a little while, paddled ashore, and drove him to the bed sit. Mm-hmm. And they pushed the canoe back out on the water so yeah. it would be found later. Disgusting. Yeah. And Quite. it didn't work. <laughs> And didn't work. All of that mess, what a waste of time. Although, according to some sources, his new younger wife in the Philippines has been uh, taking care of his expenses for him. I read that, too. That he was living off of her money. Yeah. And he gets to, he still gets a little pension, which I'm shocked. I'm amazed. But I think it's more like Social Security. Probably. That's kind of... I don't think it's his teacher pension. I think it's That's like... That's probably all been seized a for his small check. Yeah, it's I think all it's garnished. small check. Mm-hmm. And they've got their indoor market, so... And according to the new wife, she knows what he did, he knows what he did, and mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be reminded of it anymore. So here we are, reminding you all of yep. the schemes of John Darwin. Hope you enjoyed. We do thank you for joining us, and we're going to take a, a short break for the holiday season, mm-hmm. as it's here, as you're hearing this. <laughs> Spend time with your family, or don't, if it's more fun that way. (laughs) But we thank you for joining us here on Crossing the Tape. Please sign the crime scene log on your way out. Stay safe, and we'll see you next year. So long.
Oh, 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 oh,